0: So welcome back to another Impact Sessions podcast with me Nick Bramley. Today I'm delighted to have a fantastic guest with me. That guest is Bianca Robinson and she's CEO of an organization called CEO Sleepout. We've called this episode Mobilizing Business Leaders as Stewards of Society and to explore more about that ambition. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Bianca Robinson. Hi Bianca Hello, welcome. Nick.
1: Hi, how are you doing? Thank you very much for having me on. It's a great opportunity to talk about what I love to talk about.
0: That's good. Well, you've got a really good story. You've got a really good, strong set of ambitions and you work with a lot of business leaders who hopefully are our audience. So, you know, we'll we'll give you a, a platform to, uh, to explain your ambitions and we'll explore a little bit about you and, and what the business does. But I've got to start with the Strange elephant in the room. You're 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 a proud New Zealander, and yet you find yourself recording this in Saltburn in the uh, by the sea in the northeast of England. So for those who don't know, you know it's uh, it's up on the northeast coast. It's a long way from New Zealand, Bianca. Uh, how did you get yeah. to Saltburn?
1: Yeah it is. it's about as far away as you could possibly get from Wellington where I was born and raised um, but no I married a bloke from this neck of the woods and we did live in Edinburgh um, back in the late late 90s I lived in London in Edinburgh and I found myself we found ourselves pregnant with twins so we thought well actually we need to go back to New Zealand so we did we did that we had the twins in New Zealand but what I find from people from the north of England, Nick, and you you are one of those people, um, and you might might agree with me, is that they are very close-knitted into their families, and they miss them very much when they're away. And so Greg was like just incredibly homesick, and um, he just begged me, please, can we come back? And so, yeah, he's from Newmask. So here I am in Saltburn. Uh, when we first drove down to Teesside you know it was the 90s and I thought came down the A19 and over the Shotten Hill rise and saw the industry and I just said you can't have grown up here it can't be it can't be right and he said I did and of course as I came to know the area and understand about that really vital industrial Heritage and the fact that um, Teesside was you know, pretty much the engine room for the, for the UK and for exports and steel and shipbuilding, and I you know, became, really became to appreciate it. And, of course, I've seen it change so much over 20 years.
0: Well, people from Teesside are often referred to as smoggies, and I think that's a very proud name. Uh, I'm a, a Teessider myself, and I often say we built the world. I was on a call once to a guy who was in Rome and he said, I beg to differ. And I think he was probably right because Rome was there before we were. But we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> let's see. It, 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 I felt a little bit small when I said we built the world. And he went, mm, I'm from Rome. It's like, OK, game over. Um, what do you do? Anyway, so see your sleep out. Tell us about what CEO your sleep out is and how did you get involved?
1: Yeah, so it's a national charity, and I would say it's also a movement that we've created. So from Portsmouth to Northumberland, we hold events and venues and stadia you know, in cities across the UK, and that would include Lord's Cricket Ground, Emirates Old Trafford, St James Park in Newcastle. Uh, we had Leeds Castle in Kent uh, recently, which was absolutely fabulous. We've had Durham Cathedral. So, so we just gather the business community and business leadership community in every city. And bring them together to spend a night sleeping under the stars. And as you know, that night, you know, I don't guarantee you want a good night's sleep. It, it might be cold and it might be very, very uncomfortable. But, but what it does is we, we, we're sort of able to unlock a huge amount of understanding and compassion around um, homelessness and we know that by doing what we do you know we can't ever come close to the experience of what it's like for a rough sleeper and we don't even try to it's a business fundraising event with a twist Um, and so far we have raised three million pounds from over five thousand business leaders we've donated to over a hundred frontline charities you know working really hard to change people's lives and as a result I'm sure we've changed countless lives
0: we're going to explore that a bit later. My experience of uh, of CEO Sleep Out was in um, November 2019, and if anyone's been to the northeast of England in November, uh, they will know uh, I was in for what we call a freezing night, and it actually started to tank down with sort of really biblical rain at about three in the morning. Thankfully, I had a tarpaulin, and my overriding uh, uh, memory of that was, thankfully, it's only one night, and you know ultimately other people are doing this on a rough sleeping day-to-day basis trying to find that shelter we were out in the open at Preston Farm Museum we were in a safe environment but we're in an open air environment and uh, yeah, fairly fair to say uh, good night's sleep wasn't on the agenda. Um, I know some people do the sleep outs in June and, and having done one in November, I feel rather smug that June feels more like it's just a camping night out, really. But uh, if you can get soaking wet and freezing cold in Teesside in November sleeping out, then I know the the, the quality of the events that you organise and the ambitions you've got for that. So um, so why, why did you get involved and why did it resonate with you, Bianca? What was the sort of driver for you taking on the CEO or
1: well, really interesting, Nick, because I was running a small business in Middlesbrough called Calm Digital. I was the managing director of Calm and one of five shareholders. And um, I had always wanted to run my own business. And, you know, it was a big ambition of mine. And, and although I was co-running it with the shareholders, I still felt that pride. Um, however, as the years went on, I sort of I thought, hang on, I've got so, I've got a need to do something that that that's, that really has purpose, you know, that that's values-based. And I was in the same um, building as a a person called Andy Preston, who is now the elected mayor of Middlesbrough. Um, And we had coffee and I sort of said, I, I sort of shared that with him. And I thought it went over his head, you know, he sort of just nodded along and went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, in 2013, he had the first ceo seat, but he set it up i think i helped him spread the word a little bit and i slept out in 2013 and as you said nick it was not a very pleasant experience we got snowed on it was the great camaraderie great vibe great feeling but gosh it was hard and i said to him i got to tell you i am never ever ever doing that again <laughs> um i have now done about 63 sleepouts i was just going to ask you i was just
0: going to ask you a little <laughs> bit like the uh, <laughs> the, the, the famous Steve Redgrave at, um, I think it was the Sydney Olympics. If you ever see me in a boat, you can shoot me. So that's never doing yeah, it again. You're doing 63. So, okay.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, for my sins. Um, I must have done something horrible in a past life. But anyway, I actually really enjoy it. And, you know, it's easier for me to just roll out my mat and sleep with everybody um, than to go home or to a BnB and b or something. You know, I actually think it's just I'm there. I might as well wound up. I'm, I'm hyped up. So I might as well be there and have the full experience. So that's what I tend to do. Um, But no, then he, he, uh, so um, I ended up selling my share back to the team at Calm and started off as a freelancer, lecturing. Um, I was juggling lecturing at Newcastle, lecturing at York St. John. I was freelancing, had about a roster of about 10 clients that I was managing monthly. And I was a busy person. I was also doing an adult teacher training certificate, um, so I was a busy person and I got this phone call out of the blue and, and I'm also a mother of twins who were at the time, um, 17. So not the easiest time in, 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 young girls lives. So anyway, I got this phone call out of the blue. It was Andy Preston. And he said, look, he said, I've taken this, um, charity. We've raised a million quid. Um, he'd done it all in his spare time voluntarily, but he said, I need some help. Um, I need somebody to come on and run it. And potentially take it over, and I said, "Well, look, I'll give you perhaps a day a week." Hmm. <laughs> and it's "Okay, let's see how that goes." So one day a week soon became four days a week. Soon became my life, um, and we just worked towards me taking it on full time, and w- which we did six months later, and then uh, became CEO another six months later.
0: Okay, well, but it was
1: an amazing, amazing it, journey.
0: It's often the case these things are unplanned, aren't they? And 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 sometimes the best. Outputs are just by being right place, right time, and having a passion for something. So, it's fantastic to see that 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 is in your DNA. Um, you mentioned briefly earlier that you've given out lots of um of of funds, etc., from the fundraising. You mentioned to me off air that you're what we call a grant giving charity. So, for those who don't know, what does that actually mean? What's, what? How does that work in practice then, Bianca? What's a grant giving charity sort of uh, purpose, if you like?
1: Yeah, so a grant giving charity is somebody that brings funds in and then uh, distributes them to the front line so so people who who need them so we say we're we're like a Robin Hood charity which goes down really well when we do our Nottingham sleep out at Meadow Lane, Um, but we are like a Robin Hood because we're we're gaining funds from people in that level of society who do breathe sometimes quite a rarefied air. They've got contacts. They can write a check themselves, which they quite often do. Um, And, you know, we we aim for the big figures. We're not some, you know, we don't aim for just the the pennies in a bucket. We're talking about two grand per participant. So minimum. So we do, we are able to raise significant sums. And then that money will go to a selected group of charities on the front line in that particular city. Now, I will say that CEO CPAP keeps a, a very thin um, slice of that money very very slim just enough to keep us going we're incredibly lean I am the only full-time employee um, Joanna works with me two days a week we spend very little money on marketing um, and event event costs for you to get the venue to throw in so it's very 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 tight ship um, stuff and most of that money goes straight back out to where it's needed and you know what you can't you can't change everybody's life but you can certainly smooth the path for some people and that's what a lot of these charities are doing just making life a little easier for people on the margins of society.
0: I think what I like about that is the um, the, the local fundraising by the networks of, of people goes to local charities who those people will probably have an interest in that's a good thing for, for, for fundraising. I think a lot of people like to see the end game of their fundraising. Second thing that you touched on very briefly is people could write a check. And and whilst that's very welcome, I'm sure it's actually the experience, isn't it? Of of sleeping out and experiencing what it would be like on a day-to-day basis, because you strike me as that you are also an educator. And we're going to cover that a little bit later in, uh, in, in the podcast, but, more of an educator as well as a, you know, a, um, kind of a flag bearer, and so writing a cheque is fine, but actually the experience of being involved in a CEO sleepout, and again going back to mine, I think there might have been forty or fifty people. We probably all raised two, three thousand pounds each to be part of the the process. That's a very productive evening of fundraising, and like I say, the camaraderie there but it's also the networks you can then leverage, isn't it? And I think that's why you don't need to spend much on marketing because you've got a really strong network. Would that would that be fair?
1: I think I have. I've got a network of people who um, perhaps prior to coming to a CEO sleepout, you know, people come for, for different reasons so that they, they, they might not really understand much about the cause itself. And what we try and do is um, we try and really unlock that compassion. And we do that by having people who've, you know, lived through homelessness, like Kerry Douglas, she comes and speaks at our events and shares her story very, very candidly um, about 11 years on the streets of Westminster. So falling through the cracks in the care system, falling through the cracks in mental health, ended up running away from a strand in the Charing Cross and thinking, actually, these people are gonna look after me, these people are gonna understand me. And then one night becomes, two nights becomes 11 years You know, and now she's a mother of 12 year old twins herself, has written a book, has spoken to Parliament and has turned her life around. And you know what? I think when people see somebody in front of them that looks like them, that they can identify as a a mirror to themselves with the same hopes, dreams, desire for love and caring um, and, you know, deserving of that care. It really does change the way people might think about that stereotypical rough sleeper.
0: I often think when you see someone who's sleeping rough, you know, they've all got a backstory, haven't they? They didn't, they didn't get there by accident. They got there by circumstance. And, you know, it's fascinating to understand how it could happen to any one of us. And, you know, I I, I will, you know, um, buy a coffee for someone if I'm seeing them sleeping rough. You know, if I, next to a coffee shop, I'll go in and buy them a hot drink and things like that. And I've done see your sleep out. Doesn't make me worthy or anything. Just that I think sometimes there for the grace of God, go any one of us you know we don't know what the spiral is to get to that level of uh, of situation do
1: we true story and when I was in London in 1997 I was sofa surfing for about six weeks and you do think I mean you're a bit gung-ho in your early 20s and think oh well, I'm going to get through this it's no problem but there is that now and again that fear creeps in like, okay what if I don't land on my feet here I'm mm. in London I'm away from home so, you know, and there's, there's all those different types of faces of homelessness, sofa surfing, domestic abuse, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and you're right, it's just circumstantial. Also systemic because our systems sometimes aren't that aren't fit for purpose and there's, there's a lot of cracks where people tend to fall through. We're for gonna, example, We're, yes. we're
0: going to come to that because I'm going to come to your ambition around the, the reason that we've called the, the podcast what we have. But um, before we do that, tell us about you've got a big event coming up, haven't you? And I'd like you to take the opportunity to promote that. And how do people get involved? So what's your big event? When is it? And how do people get involved in it, Bianca?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, this is open to absolutely everybody. Uh, parents with kids, young people, students, office teams, just compassionate people right across the country can get involved. It's called the Big Summer Sleepout. Um, And people will be bedding down in their own backyards or front rooms, as long as you're somewhere safe at home. Raise a hundred quid. Don't worry about trying to raise a grand or two grand. Just a hundred quid, and join us on Zoom on the night, eight o'clock, and we'll we'll show everybody our sleeping pictures. Hear from some charities. Hear from Kerry Douglas as well, and um, spend the night raising funds to fight homelessness across the country. And the beauty of this one is actually you can nominate on our web form, charity in your town. So it's an incredible opportunity to have that experience uh, and do some good in your in your summertime.
0: I think we lost a little bit there on on the connection. you just want to read back the, uh, how the the website or how people get involved again for me, Bianca? Sorry.
1: Sure thing. So just jump on our website. CEO ceosleepout.co.uk. You'll see a list of events there on the homepage and just click on the Big Summer Sleepout and you can register yourself for the 30th of June just to, to join us as we fight homelessness from our own backyards. Excellent.
0: That's a really, really interesting event. How many of you are hoping to be involved? Is there any Guinness Book of Records event that you're trying to play? <laughs> or?
1: Well, we call it the Big Summer Sleepout. We usually have about 100 to 150 people getting involved.
0: Okay. Let's see if we can make that a bit more and uh, we'll put the note in the show notes and the contact details as well for that. So that's fantastic. Um, so let's talk about ambition. Let's talk about purpose. Let's talk about um you in terms of what drives you you're a lecturer at teesside university um you run um a, a program called the sustainable organization so if you tell us about that and then that's going to lead into kind of something else i guess so tell us about your teesside university lecturing and sustainable organization
1: Yeah, so I'm a part-time lecturer, um, so I support the delivery of the sustainable organization. But it's an, an incredible module because it really opens people's eyes. This is an MBA program, so it opens people who are already working in an organization usually or have come from organizations to do the their MBA. It really opens their eyes to come with the some of the principles around sustainability, but we're also talking about societal sustainability. So it's your responsibility as a business leader to 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 that triple bottom line really to profit people and planet. And um and we're seeing a, a massive shift in the way business does business right in front of our eyes. It's happening Happening right now, where you're seeing businesses actually make that move from just profit to shareholders as the metric that they measure their success by, um, to really recording that, that social value and the environmental um, sustainability as we move towards net zero. Um, And a lot of it's driven by the UN Sustainable Development Goals. I mean, they are really great guideposts. And every business can sit and look at their way they do business and then say, what can we do to move towards just one of those goals? And if they do that, you know, they're on the path. So I'm there. So what we have is a network of business leaders who, may not have known anything about homelessness before they came to the CEO sleep out. Um, they might have come for reasons of um, just looking like the good guy or a bit of PR, a bit of networking, you know, great business event. But boom, we've unlocked some understanding, some ca- compassion and a desire to actually do more and, and and that move, do that next thing. And that next thing is looking at your business and baking in policies, procedures, actions that actually start to um, create that impact when it comes to that the social value. So how are you stewarding your communities? How are you um, creating a a thriving um, workforce That has a ripple effect to the family of that workforce, to the to the town you're in, to the kind of to society as a whole and to the environment. So talking about stakeholders here. So I use what I teach at Teesside um, and talk to my business leaders about exactly that. But even before I was teaching it, um, supporting the delivery of it at teesside Uni, I was passionate about that anyway. And I am gathering an informal network of these business leaders together, people who've done a sleep out called Leaders with Purpose, that will be formalised as it goes on, but currently it's informal. And it's about sharing knowledge, inspiring best practice around social impact, um, signposting, brokering between business and charities for volunteer days, that kind of thing. And it's really how you can strengthen society as a business and actually argue i would argue that it is your absolute responsibility um but if you don't feel it's a responsibility that you have it's a humongous opportunity to step in light and actually do that good work
0: i'm just going to ask you do you think the pandemic has given people a a bit more time to think about this kind of sustainability and 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 personal impact etc and do you think it's also brought us a bit closer to each other because the sense of community to me seems like it's stronger than it's ever been, mainly as a result of having to be so as a result of, you know, lockdowns and helping your neighbours and all that kind of thing. So has the has the pandemic been helpful to raising that awareness then, do you think, Bianca?
1: I think so. I think there are multiple drivers of this and, and forces that are creating this change. Pandemic certainly is one of these forces. I think really what pandemic shone the light on was this low paid frontline worker that we all absolutely rely on. And of course, the, the workforce in some of these industries, especially the NHS, I mean, they are they massive stakeholders in society. And I think it's come to light that we need to look after them a bit better. Um, and very interesting, some of the papers coming through for sustainable organization do talk about NHS and how to um, how to create a workforce that's thriving, that's that, that's healthy and that 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 has that well-being absolutely baked in, which is one of the tenets. Um, but yeah, I think other drivers are other market forces are also in play. So you have Generation Z, which is 25% of the market now, um, and they are, they are really disrupting. They are voting with their feet when it comes to businesses who actually have those values Baked in um, and voting with their wallets when it comes to buying from those organizations. And it's very interesting Nick, to see Amazon this week vote against key proposals that would allow um, greater workforce well-being and greater environmental sustainability. So the shareholders there still aren't getting it. The mm. shareholders aren't getting it, but actually key stakeholders, and um, they will lose out because actually they'll start to see uh, people veer away from using them because of those uh, actions.
0: Okay. So there,
1: there are big forces in play.
0: Okay, I mean, you've got on your, a quote on your LinkedIn underneath your your name, your strap line says, "Inspiring business leaders to create social impact." That's clearly, uh, I think, the phrase you use baked in in your DNA. Um, and we've called this um, um, podcast episode, you know, mobilizing business leaders as stewards of society. Why do we need to do that? Is that because, from a political point of view, if we if you weren't doing it, you weren't driving it, other people like you weren't driving it, it just wouldn't get done? Is the, is it a political thing? Is it a social thing? Is it a combination of those things? Why do we need business leaders to be stewards of society? Surely we should have, in, in, in theory, stewards of society being our elected um, officials. That might be quite uh, yeah, nice. I
1: I don't think you can rely on elected official, officials to well, they follow don't they so society moves first and then lawmakers policymakers follow because they want to be in line with what the general zeitgeist is, is you know, they want to win seats. So that might be a cynical view, but it's also a realistic view. Um, We've got to do, if we want stuff to happen, we've got to be that change ourselves. But I also think it's an idea whose time has come. So if you look at the 70s, for example, you had Milton Friedman there saying the only moral responsibility of business is to return profit to shareholders look at how that's worked out for us. Yeah, so We've got a planet that we can't, you know, we're not going to be able to live on in however many years if we keep going the way we're going. We've got massive inequality. We should not be seeing homelessness in 2022 in the sixth wealthiest nation in the world.
0: But I totally agree with you, by the way, and I wasn't trying to say that I have any trust in our political leaders or, or, or at all, all, to be honest. And, and given... Given recent uh, events, I think the level of trust in elected officials is probably at an all-time low. And that takes some doing, because it's not been very high for you know, many decades, uh, uh, in, in my experience. And you know, that goes down to party political, it goes down to local politics, it goes down to getting things done. Um, so it's great that you are mobilising you know, elements of your network and connections to try and, and be, like you say, stewards of society and give something back on a sustainable basis. And I love the the three-pronged approach. You need to make profit because otherwise without it, you won't be able to generate the revenues that will allow you then to take some strong environmental uh, positions. But also then you're looking at what does that mean to the people you employ, the people who they they live with, the wider community that you serve. And I I totally agree with you, by the way, about the Generation Z sort of people. They are very much a values-based Um, culture a bit of a collective kind of uh, statement but very much around you know does this fit with me do I have values that I want to see reflected in my you know who I bank with or who I buy from or who I work with or who who do I um, who employs me for example so um, that's great to see that connection being made and uh, it's only going to improve isn't it.
1: Yeah and they don't have loyalty like we had growing up to a to an employer or a brand or any of that stuff because they they're not guaranteed job for life so why should they invest you know their their whole future in one in one firm so they Mm. just think I'm going to move to where where I enjoy it the most and what fits my values the most so very very interesting group of Group of people changing the world in front of our eyes, which I think is great. Um, I was going to say about this whole leaders with purpose idea, you know, you've got businesses who have a power, they have a, a powerful voice And actually, once we galvanize that into a, perhaps a statement, um, we could actually do something political with that, Nick. Depends on how it goes. But, you know, I was just part of um, the Better Business Act Day in Parliament, which was arranged by the B Corp. Um, B Corp, I don't know if you know, but it accredits businesses on their environmental sustainability and the social impact. It's an accrediting body global with a great, um, huge branch in the UK. And they they took 200 people to Parliament and it was phenomenal to see. And what we're talking about actually is there's a line in the Companies Act, uh, Clause 172, which says um, the responsibility of business, again, is to return profit. And if we tweak that to say that responsibilities of business include people and planet, boom, you've got it. And we have Boris always talking, be, talking about being world beating, mm. doesn't he? You always hear this, we're world beating. Well, do you know what? If we were to change the Companies Act in the UK, we would be world beating. We would be a world first. This is happening anyway in business. So it's not a huge change.
0: Mm.
1: It's happening anyway, but it's just putting it in black and white that it's an expectation for business to be a steward of society. And I think that would be an amazing thing.
0: I'm slightly worried there was 200 view at Parliament. Was any wine and cheese in evidence? And if so, was <laughs> that a business meeting rather than a party?
1: Tell you what, there was there was the, the amazing Tony's Chocoloni they gave us. Oh. And that's the brand. If you look at Tony's and, and, and the brand, uh, they are brilliant at their social impact reporting, uh, um, their, their anti-slavery where they source their, their cocoa from and things. And it's, just, it's just a great organisation. So great uh, ambassador to have there.
0: It Doesn't half help that the chocolate's lovely as well, though, isn't it? Their lovely. chocolate stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, it
0: is lovely. <laughs> Tony Chocolate. Right, okay. Well, listen, as we come towards the, the end of this, I am going to mention uh, the, uh, the the big summer sleep out again and get people to remind them to get involved in that. But I've got a I've got a what's next question, and it's in probably three parts, four parts really. What's next for CEO sleep out as an organization? Where are you continuing to go? After you know the summer big summer sleep out. What's next?
1: CEO sleep continues to kind of roll on and raise money. So we've got Manchester, Emirates Old Trafford, London at Lord's Cricket Ground, Nottingham at Meadow Lane. So there's a number of events that businesses can look at on the website and actually get involved in, it. and it's CEOs senior execs, director level, even office teams can come to a sleep to a CEO sleep out and as long as it's led by the kind of big wig um, the teams led there we, we're, we're really happy to have that atmosphere that teams can bring. Uh, so do get involved and then um, I will be moving my network of 5000 um, business leaders into an informal like I say network called leaders with purpose and leaders with purpose are those who want to share how they have actually created that social impact in their and their work and again it's going to have education it's going to have signposting it's going to have um, a brokering service for for businesses and causes um, and loads of amazing um, we're just highlighting loads of amazing people doing incredible things in their business Um, and then also from there um, I can I will be looking at consultancy. So actually going into businesses, um, diagnostic, auditing, and surgically kind of looking at their policies and procedures and how they can bake in some of the stuff into their day-to-day activities to create that impact that we want to see.
0: Excellent. So that's CEO Sleepout and a little bit about you. Um, I also note that you're a keynote speaker. So have you got any gigs booked that are going to be sort of um, f- full stage Ed Sheeran, 10,000 people with lights? In you know, what, what, No, what's...
1: the short answer is no, but I am at the Shard on the 29th of September. Um, what, the Warwick Business School has offered us the floor at the Shard uh, to bring their network in and to hear from us. Um, so we'll be hearing from me, Andrew Mitchell, who's the CEO of Tideways. He... Um, he uh, that that's the, the organisation that's created the new super sewer in London and they've done a phenomenal job with their kind of creating that social value and community and place um, around the super sewer, sewer, so waterways for residents uh, in the City of London and things like that, so be, it, very interesting to hear how they've built that value in. Um, Kerry Douglas, who has lived on the streets, will be talking um, and also another fellow called, called Jason Lane who um, is an HR at a PLC called Outreach, and it's about the workforce well-being piece, which I think is a really important piece, because if you're looking after your workforce, you're paying a, a decent wage that enables them to put food on the table, make sure their families and kids go to school, ready to learn, um, money's swirling around in their communities and towns, but also they're feeling, you know, well and ready to to be productive, I think you're really nailing it. That can be at the the heart of that people piece.
0: Excellent. I I believe that if anyone's got an agenda that they're looking at sustainability and the impact on people, you would love to talk to them about potentially being a speaker at an event or a conference or an exhibition or something of that nature. So, you know, people get in touch because you, first of all, you're fantastic on your feet. Secondly, very passionate and that comes across. And I think that would add value to anyone's, uh, agenda for an event where they are looking for you know an inspiring speaker so hopefully you know some more uh, some more gigs will come as well but that sounds like a great one at the end of September as well so um yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to finish off for those who are watching this a lot of people um, consume the podcast on audio so they can't see but you've got a bit of bunting behind you in your, <laughs> on, on your wall now it's it's in reverse because of the camera, uh, whatever. But it's it's basically you were recently awarded the Northern Power Women One to Watch Award. Now that's a hell of a accolade, but also comes with some responsibility. Um, what's next as One to Watch for you then, uh, Bianca?
1: I know, no pressure, Nick. <laughs> Well, growing CEO Sleep is is really what I want to do. Um, it's, it is difficult because it has been just me with Joanna supporting me two days a week. So we're not incredibly well resourced. So we do what we do on an absolute shoestring and with with, with only you know, the hours and the day that we can do it. Um, but I would absolutely love to grow it. I would love to take it to the States and do um, California, LA and New York. Um, and, and, and of course, Leaders With Purpose is a really big passion of mine. So it hasn't launched yet. It's pre launch It's in that stage where, you know, it will be a social enterprise on its own. So we're just getting all the ducks in a row to make that happen. But I'm really, really hopeful and I'm really hopeful that we are sort of um, inspiring people to go.
0: Excellent. I would say California and LA are probably going to be slightly warmer than it was in Middlesbrough uh and, and Teesside in um in November. Um but if you go to New York, you really want to avoid February because it's bloody freezing in New York in February anyway. So. <laughs> me,
1: I've, been, I've been there in February and it's yeah, I've been there in March and been snowed on in New York. Yeah. So um but I can tell you that I can choose to do a sleep out event in England at any time of the year, and I can guarantee you it will still hit a single figure, so a low of four or six degrees, and people will get that experience. I promise you, we just had the big mixed leap, which is McDonald's employees. So we do do corporate events as well. So McDonald's employees from across the north of England came together in Harrogate, and we spent a night under the stars on Thursday, just four, five days ago. And it was a low of three or four degrees. I can promise you, it matters not when we do it. You get the full experience, you know, and you do sort of start to think. Well, do you know what? How could I do this night after night? And it be some of the expectations we have of people who don't have a safe place to go to, Mm. uh, get up, get to the job center, you know, sort yourself out. And you soon realize that when you're sleep deprived and you're using all your energy resources just to keep warm, and you're you're in survival mode. And you're afraid. Hmm. You know how can we expect anything like that to, you know, to happen? We need to. We need to take care of these people.
0: Excellent. On that note, that's a great note to finish on. I think uh, Bianca, I'm just going to share with the audience who watch this the uh, the details of of uh, how to access the podcast those regulars will know the podcast available on all all the usual podcast platforms iTunes Spotify YouTube etc it's also available on the, the impactus-group.com website so you can there's no excuse for not uh, finding this uh, sharing it and uh, and listening or watching it um, and all that remains is to say to, that Bianca's contact details are also on the screen but will be shared in the uh, in the show notes. So Bianca can be contacted about any aspect of the work that they're doing. Fabulous stuff they're doing at CEO Sleepout, um, a keynote speaker, what's next with a social enterprise and and being a a Northern Power Woman one to watch. So um, without further ado, I'd like to just thank you, Bianca Vina, an absolutely fantastic guest and uh, very inspirational for our audience.
1: Nick, it's just been great to talk about, you know, the things I'm passionate about. So thank you so much for giving me that opportunity. No problem. Take care. You too.